Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It feels good, man. It feels good, right? right. Yo, yo. I'm in the light at the end of the tunnel. Paper stacks, yeah. Welcome back to Small Market Bias, a podcast about the San Antonio Spurs. My name is Matthew Tynan. And joining me today is a man who has been up all night, crunching the numbers, looking at clutch time stuff for the Spurs because they sort of came away with a miraculous win last night. That is one Bruno Passos. Hello, Matt. Um, I have. Look, cherry picking stats for Twitter takes time, takes effort, takes a lot of mining the data. Uh, and uh, you know what? I'm, 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 that's, that's what I'm here for. It's what's, But it's important to do it, right? Like we have to, we have to keep feeding the machine, um, and cherry picking data is a is a critical element in that entire operation. Sure. Look, I can give you Victor Wembanyama's, uh, you know, season averages, or I can, you know, pull out the last uh, five minutes of of a game when when teams are within five points or whatever the criteria is, and I can let you extrapolate that into you know as extreme of a uh, of a take as you want. So that's 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 what Twitter's all about. Well, what what are uh, Victor's clutch time stats? I I saw that you tweeted about. This. I don't even know if I care really. <laughs> okay, he's he's fourth and he's fourth in crunch time scoring right now. He's up there with your Lebrons, your Stephs, your Lucas, your of course your Demar Derozans. Um, so the numbers there look good. Yeah. You know, he's been that's that's sort of I think where he's been coming alive is the fourth quarter. We kind of. Uh, the the, the Wemby yeah. experience up until now is, is is like this roller coaster of three quarters where he gives you a few highlights and you get to hear about Shaquille O'Neal uh, going long, comparing him to Bull Bull, uh, as happened last night during <laughs> halftime. Uh, and then he comes and then he and then he comes through in the fourth quarter with some 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 you know the type of you know all world uh, teasing that um, is uh, is what everyone's paying the big bucks for. So a lot more of that last night. I. It- it's so funny to me, like knowing, you know, those guys on inside the NBA, the way they always gravitate toward like the old heads and the guys they played with. And like he, he didn't even he brings up Bull Bull and not Ralph Sampson or someone like that. I mean, uh, I guess maybe maybe Bull Bull has an advantage in Shaq's mind because he's Manute Bull's son, who is from, you know, back in the day. Maybe he got a, a little a little nod there, I guess. But I don't know. That was weird. It was a very weird thing hearing him just like say we've seen this before in Bull Bull and then say, but, you know, when Benyama's skill set is much better or more consistent or whatever it was, he said it was just strange. It was strange. Yeah, I think in his mind, he was imagining like the same octopusy silhouette of this like large man doing things like dribbling the ball up, up and down the court, maybe crossing over and 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 those those long finishes that. There really are just a couple of guys who have done, but uh, to start really leaning into the take like he did and and not backing down was, um, I mean, whatever it was Shaq, it was, it, it was, it was exactly what that, that broadcast does. So, you know, good for them, good for Bull Bull, who did not see the court otherwise, I don't think. I was going to say, that's what Shaq does, though, right? Shaq, like, he'll, he'll, he'll be so stubborn about certain things, um, never give up on them, no matter the... It, how preposterous but you know what let's not we're not here to talk about other broadcasts or things like that we're here to talk about uh the spurs and first of all i gotta read something and i think i think you'll like this one bruno because college basketball is here 
The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet on the NBA is too. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips, with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Bruno, how is North Carolina looking this year? I know that's your thing. You know what? I have not compared them to the lay of the land. Um, I am a, you know, I, I, okay. I dip in and out of my UNC fandom as a, as an alumnus, alumni, alumna, alum, uh, pick whichever one of those. Alum works. is cool. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, they made the, uh, the NC tournament final uh, a couple of years ago. Then they really pulled the rug from under us the next year and completely fell flat on their face. Uh, so this year, I think they're coming in with lower expectations, uh, more or less the same team and a, a 90 year old Armando Baycott um, do for. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's still, he's still around. around. He's, oh, wow. Who, who, who was the Kansas guy that was like had severe male pattern baldness? Perry, who Perry's I cannot remember. He, he went the distance, I think, even like pre I feel like he was pre COVID. Um, but stretching into like, you know, his mid twenties. Um, and, uh, we can move on because I know who you're talking about, but I can't, I can't remember the name either. And I don't want to get hung yeah. up on aggressive, it, yes, aggressively, aggressively, exactly um, uh, Baycott, yes. no, I think nicer hairline than that. Uh, but equally old. Uh, but, um, I think he's, he's, he's due for, I think one of those, you know, kind of sneaky fun college seasons that you definitely would not, um, draft a guy for, but you know, we'll see. Could, should, should be a fun UNC year. Well, you know, as a as a Texas Tech alum who has also had the rug pulled out from under me, and in like a, in so many different ways, um, I hear these good things about you know te- Texas Tech was 2019 national championship game runner up. Um, but shout out, shout out, and NBA NBA fourth overall pick Jarrett Culver. Jarrett Culver somehow <laughs> somehow. Man, even as the big, I loved Culver, talk and even about, I talk couldn't about rug, believe that. Talk couldn't about rug pulling, <laughs> Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> but this, I, I can't, I can't buy into anything Texas Tech sports right now. Just can't do it. Um, there's been way too much optimism from these like really happy, jovial, energetic coaches, and then like the football team is just falling on its face. And I see the same type of thing in the new basketball coach that I see in our football coach. And I'm just not going to buy it until I see uh, concrete evidence that any of it is real. So I'm just going to move on and let's talk about the Spurs because that's what we're here for. And man, what a finish in Phoenix last night. Uh, A lot of it didn't make sense. (laughs) Just, just, um, from the perspective of there, there were so many little moments along the way that could have completely changed the outcome of the game. Like, never mind the third quarter and I don't know, the first half of the fourth quarter, but literally, like in the last two minutes, 
there were a number of moments that could have completely changed the outcome of the day of the game. And it's funny that we were talking about college basketball because Bruno, the last two minutes of the game last night reminded me of a March Madness game. Yeah. Like truly, that did. was a college basketball ass game, a hundred percent. Just, I think Greg Popovich said, if I can't remember the exact number, but something like a bajillion mistakes made. It's a game of mistakes, he said, and I think he said gazillion. gazillion. Sorry, gazillion. Um, not sure how many zeros yeah, that no, is, okay. but uh, we'll run with that. Um, and and that's what it was on both sides. Um, I think you know it, it sort of confirmed a lot of what people may have been you know concerned about with your 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 shorthanded top heavy phoenix suns and and your very young san antonio spurs team and i think those especially that start they had in those first two and a half quarters where you saw a lot of the kind of mistakes that have you know really uh been an early theme and then you saw that sort of flipped you saw them take advantage of uh the, the sun's mistakes in the second half and you saw the spurs really clean things up and and then it just still you never would have expected that those those final one or two minutes to end the way they did but just an extremely entertaining game. Not sure how you would judge the quality of the basketball, but entertainment, pop popcorn fodder for sure. It was not high quality, but it was entertaining. I I, I went earlier this morning. I I watched uh, rewatched the game, and then in the final, I guess really the fourth quarter, I started jotting stuff down. But then the last two minutes, I just I I filled out like half a page of a notepad and. This is what the last two minutes looked like. Right at about the two-minute mark, Spurs were down five. Wemby had, and I swear I am almost positive this had to do with the fact that the shot clock, which was malfunctioning, I think starting like second half, I don't remember exactly when it started to malfunction. Um, but Wemby had the ball at the free throw line and dumped it to like a I don't even know if he was cutting at this point because there was like a second left on the shot clock. So he was probably just trying to find a weird position to be in to muck some stuff up. But when Benyama dumps it to Trey Jones, who gets fouled with point two on the clock, gets two free throws, cuts the league to three, uh, lead to three. Then KD just toasts Keldon Johnson, like sort of near the free throw line, crosses him over for a dunk. Back up five with like a minute left. Then Keldon misses a three-pointer, but it's tipped out of bounds by I don't even know who's playing at this point for Phoenix. Like you said, their stars are out. It might have been Okogi who tipped it out. I, I can't quite remember. Doesn't matter. Um, but immediately, immediately after that, it's just they just inbounded the ball to Wembenyama at the elbow, who buries the jumper. Then the Spurs almost steal it like two different times on the ensuing Suns possession. It's a total scramble. Yuta Watanabe gets a like wide open three in the corner. It it looked wide open, but like Wemby was closing on him. I'm sure that affects things, but he misses it. And then and then the Spurs get into a set, and it is a disaster. Nobody knows what they're doing. It results in Devin Vassell just pulling up from like 30 feet, missing it. And then just straight up, nobody on the Suns blocking out like the single most dangerous person on the floor in, in that moment in Victor Wembanyama, And he dunks it. And then we get the very end. We get a 
as Reggie Miller is like screaming, like you should probably call a timeout right now to advance the ball, get it up the court. Uh, Keldon lunges for a steal. Kevin Durant still manages to catch it in the corner. Trey Jones, I have not seen the last two minute report yet, but I would be shocked if it didn't come back uh, around that he fouled him because he like basically hopped on him. He like he he almost looked like it was like a halfway intentional foul or he thought he fouled him in the moment. Um, but regardless, after Keldon Johnson had lunged for the steal, he loops around, just literally rips it from Kevin Durant's hands and just barrels his way to the basket as best he knows how. Uh, and <laughs> somehow in the final two seconds of the game, the Spurs take their first lead of the night and a heavily contested Kevin Durant jumper in the corner doesn't fall. Spurs win somehow 115-114. Like you said, college basketball-ass game there. College basketball-ass finish. The, the comeback was so kind of spotty. Like, you couldn't really get a feel for it. I didn't really even believe the score when, when they when, when they finally took the lead. It, it, it was sudden. <laughs> it was, it, like, too yeah. weird to even get it was like, yeah, excited about. But it was not Kevin Durant's. He had, he had some really iconic Kevin Durant moments, I think, throughout. Obviously, he had that really tough jumper over uh, uh, Victor Wembanyama where he dribbled at baseline. Uh, pretty efficient, I think, shooting game, but some real, th- those two, those that, those those final 30 seconds where I think it was, he missed the box out, or at least he was nearby on Victor, um, that, that got the ball ripped away by, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, a stronger uh, Keldon Johnson, but you know, not the type of thing that he would allow himself to do. Also had that weird... Uh, backcourt violation uh, where where Keldon was on him. His heel like clipped the line or looked like yeah. it did. Uh, it like they they zoomed in on it and it was like almost like potentially his heel was like a millimeter off the ground. Maybe it's hard to tell, yeah. but yeah, he had he he had a little. Uh, you're right. That's kind of uncharacteristic. I mean, he's had some bad luck with his shoe size, <laughs> like. You go back a couple of years ago into the uh, when he was with the Brooklyn Nets against the Bucks, and um, you know if he had a size seventeen shoe instead of a size eighteen or whatever, they're they're probably advancing past Milwaukee. Milwaukee pre- probably never wins the title that get year. Those, get, get those get those toes trimmed, KD. You can probably get surgery for that these days. I mean, yeah, there, there's all sorts of reconstructive type yeah. stuff out there. So uh, go for it. Not his best game, but like you said, this is just as much about, uh, you know, the Spurs grit and that youth kind of coming together, yeah. the energy, enough plays to, to, to pull it together and uh, a real fun one. I, I guess I'll ask, what stood out to you from like those first two and a half quarters that sort of affirmed your your concerns about the team? Or, and what from that like quarter and a half of just a steady slow burn like run uh, is, is like sort of affirmed what what you're optimistic about with this team? I'm not gonna lie, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I don't. I, I feel like they keep trying to do. They keep trying to do different things, and and we can we can talk about like the whole point Sohan thing and whether or not he should be starting or Trey Jones should be starting, but oh, is like, that a conversation. Is that a, is that a topic? 
it's it, it it's one that's going on if wow. you can believe it no um, but I, I mean the thing honestly the thing that stood out to me is just like it's little things along the way it's timing with the starting group uh they have not looked good in the regular season despite like during the preseason looking pretty decent together there's been a there's been a rough start i one of the things that really sticks out to me is like Zach Collins cannot hit a three-pointer. He hit one last night. He hit one the night before, but he's like two for 18 on the season or something like that. And the, the team in general can't really hit threes. So a lot of the struggles they're having sort of adjusting to this new look team, this new look starting lineup could be, a lot a lot of the struggles could be alleviated at least a little bit if they're just making open shots which they just they haven't been i looked it up actually i did i haven't i have not looked it up um after the suns game but prior to the suns game they were hitting 35% of their uh open three pointers and that almost shocked me but that's still a low number if you're wide open um but the other stuff that I, like I feel like this needs to be discussed. The Spurs are doing a whole bunch of funky stuff with Wembenyama. I don't think they're totally clear exactly how to use him offensively. And on the defensive end, they're experimenting with some different stuff where like sometimes he's assigned to a man. Sometimes he's sort of leading a zone. Like if they're running a 3-2 zone, he's the guy at the top. Sometimes they're running basically what looks like a 2-1-2 zone where he's just kind of roaming around the middle. They're trying a bunch of different stuff like that. On top of it, as we talk about like the uh, the rotations and like who should be playing with whom, he's playing in these 5-minute spurts where he's he starts the game with the normal starting 5 and and in particular as we were talking about Jeremy Sohan he checks out at, at about the seven, six to seven minute mark, comes back in around the like two minute mark of the first quarter. So he's spending a whole lot of time. He's spending almost an equal amount of time with the starters as he is with the bench guys. But I felt like last night during the fourth quarter, it was that old starting group that really like brought them all the way back to the brink. And then he helped finish it off. But it was funny to me, like, they kept saying, oh, this Spurs small lineup. <laughs> and, I, and I looked out there and I'm like, oh, that's that's Zach Collins, Jeremy Sohan, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, and Trey Jones. That's the opening night starting lineup last season. And it's just funny to look back. It's like, it, now that Wembenyama is on this team, you just remove him from the equation and a you know a pretty normal sized lineup becomes small now. Like Zach Collins is seven feet tall, Jeremy Sohan is six eight, Devin Vassell is whatever six 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 seven, Keldon is six five. Yeah, Trey Jones is small, but it, like it's not this crazy weird small defensive or uh, uh this crazy small lineup. I just yeah I. I as you can tell by the way I'm rambling, I have so many different questions, so many different observations, not sure what to make of any of it. 
just kind of sitting back and giving it time to see what unfolds, to see what this looks like at the end of the day or or at the end of like the next month, whenever we start to see some more uh, solid lineups or solid rotations. But I, I guess in general, it, they're just, they're experimenting at this point. And you can definitely tell that they're, they're both being careful with Wembenyama's minutes and they're experimenting like hell. Um, after that, whatever that was, five minutes, do you have any observations? Well, you, you seem to be implying that after a four-game sample size, we shouldn't be, you know, rushing to extremely, like, incensed yeah. uh, takes and, and getting mad online and, and forming factions uh, within within the Spurs. But that's not community. how this goes. Is that, is that really? That, that seems like a pretty, you know, extreme take position to have on, on the matter. I, I feel like the more natural thing to see is, is Jeremy Sohan, you know, dribble the ball up the floor, uh, maybe not execute a pick and roll and, and, and think that Greg Popovich is, is, is a, a moron and doesn't know what he's doing um, coaching mm-hmm. a basketball team. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, and I think that's, yeah, I, obviously uh, I, I side with you with that. I, um, what are your opinions on that? What are your opinions on that? Is he a moron? Is he uh is Jeremy Sohan being used I, <laughs> properly? I, is Trey should Trey Jones be playing more? I'm not sure. I think Greg I, I can call, I call him Greg sometimes. Uh uh knows what he's doing uh with with a basketball team. Um look, is is has he uh made some decisions that don't always end up right or you know I think if, if so, then we probably wouldn't be uh, this team would not have bottomed out in the first place to to get Victor Wembanyama. Uh, but uh, you know, in general, I, I think you and I are um, uncomfortably aligned on uh, the the point Sohan experiment. Uh, if 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 not, you know, being a perfect product, or even we don't even know if it's going to work out. But it, the logic makes sense. The process behind it, uh, for a variety of reasons, I think, uh, when, when you look at the, I think there's, there's a lot of subtext here around why you're not starting Trey Jones. And I think one of them is you're probably not seeing him as your starting point guard of the future. And I think a lot of this kind of jumps from that point. Like I think that the Spurs, if, if, if they thought that was the case, we, we, we probably wouldn't be here. Um, if you are doing this, I think you're obviously leaning into the size component that you're getting with Jeremy Sohan. There's a lot of benefits here defensively that um, take time to, to, you know, really see through. And obviously like Jeremy, Jeremy himself at media day said, this is going to be a bumpy road. You know, if, if he were to, you know, uh, take on this point guard role for another season which you think i think and he's been he's been he's been saying it in the week since yeah, then yeah like he knows I, um yeah, and oh, again sure. he we, we talked about his humility and everything and i think that it comes back to you know i think he's 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 ready to take these lumps uh and the criticism for it i think we, we saw he did a little sub tweet today with a little notes emoji <laughs> uh so he's 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 seeing the tweets he's not an online or he's not an offline kind of fella he's a hundred percent zoomer in that way no he's not uh, so he's seeing y'all's tweets keep 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 uh keep pushing them out there well actually don't i don't, I don't want you to encourage to emotionally abuse the guy but he's seeing them harassment yeah, maybe don't yeah. maybe don't tweet yeah. actually that's probably the real lesson from all this uh but you know it's it's he's he's taking his lumps and i think it's also important to realize he's not being asked to, to do what trey jones did or what a normal point guard does he's really you know he's he's right now he's he's right he's penciled in there uh largely for what he does defensively with the hopes i think that you're gonna see Devin Vassell take on a bigger load as an offensive initiator and hub. Victor Wendy obviously has 
so much uh, to grow into in that. Uh, and he's, he's, they're, they're taking it slow for obvious reasons. So it's a long play and it's going to look ugly at a lot of times, but uh, um, the, the, the logic makes sense. And I, I think it's far too early to, to get all too worked up about it. Well, you can you can see some of the stuff that they're trying to do with him early on, and it's and and you just mentioned someone like you just mentioned someone like Devin Vassell taking on a bigger workload, and probably eventually, I don't, you know, will Victor has to get the ball handling down. It's tough. It's going to be tough to do that for like a seven four guy. Um, but he's got super long arms, so that so there is you know, the real possibility that he'll be, he'll, he'll get better handles uh, or he'll develop that and keep the ball away from people. But some of the stuff that Sohan is doing is pretty simple. It's like, it's timing stuff, getting the ball to Devin Vassell in good spots. It's like they, every game so far, it feels like the first play has been high pick and roll with Zach Collins and just dump it back to him. Uh, at the top, dump it back to Collins at the top of the key, and he just hasn't been hitting the shots. So I don't think it has to be that complicated. There's no one, even the Spurs, and even Sohan, like nobody is pretending that he is this pure point guard. Nobody's pretending that uh, he's a better point guard right now than Trey Jones is. You You mentioned it uh, a little while ago. This is about the future. Like this is about further developing what this group is going to be. The the Spurs are not well, look, I, they've said the thing about like we're trying to win. And they are. They're trying to win every game that they're in. But they're not <laughs> they're not trying to win right now in the sense of like putting Trey Jones as the starting point guard. They're trying they're they're trying to look at the bigger picture. And I think another part of that bigger picture if you want to view it this way is like given all their their draft picks coming up, given all their financial flexibility, all of this stuff, there is I mean, we can look at this roster and say there's going to be another piece added at some point. Someone is coming in that will change the way this rotation, this lineup, this roster operates. And considering that the considering there are a lot of point guards coming up in next year's draft, it very well could be a point guard who comes in. I don't think the Spurs view and they you 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 sometimes have to read into some coded language along the way. And I've heard some stuff that that seems pretty clear to me that the Spurs don't view Trey Jones as their starting point guard for the future. And I don't think that's like some crazy thing to say. Uh, they, they look at him as a backup, a very good backup. But so why not at this point try to develop the stuff with Sohan, whether or not he's a point guard in the future, you're still developing those perimeter roles, those perimeter skills, the decision-making skills, the processing, all of that stuff, you're developing it. And at the same time, let Trey figure out how to run, the, the keep running 
a, a, a unit and stick him with that second group, let him really push the pace, not have to spend time conserving energy or anything like that. Like play him 25 to 30 minutes a night. If you need him in crunch time, you've got him. Uh, but what he's been so far this season has just been a pace pusher and getting into the paint. And with his added bulk, he's looked, he's been able to absorb contact. He's been finding people like spraying the ball around the perimeter. Like let him invest in that role and develop sort of the rest of the roster in a different way that you feel will, I guess, meet your ceiling that you have in mind later on. I don't know. Um, it, I, I feel like there's sort of an aggregate thing here where like, if you flip the two, do people who, you know, don't like what Jeremy Sohan looks like as a point guard for the starting group. Do you think that like things would be better with the backup group? Or do you think that that backup group is better served a lot of, uh, by the way, a lot of other guys who need development. Do you think that backup group is better served having a guy like Trey Jones, who's like committed to, to pushing the pace and finding people like it, it feels like a pretty good fit for him. Yeah, definitely. And, and it, when we say backup group, like a lot of the times we're talking about hybrid lineups, right? This isn't like the Spurs turning to yeah. that bench mob that we saw in the glory years where you could just do a hockey uh, substitution and bring in five, a, a five man unit that is, is equally potent or sometimes is a destroyer of worlds against sec opposing second units. This is, uh, there's a lot of yeah, staggering be, There's a because lot of staggering. I don't think pop really knows exactly what that second unit is as much as he's learning, you know, a bit about this first unit that, that, that second unit is much less a known commodity. And it is, it is handy to have uh, someone like Trey Jones helping you win those minutes and his, his very strong plus minus net rating right now is, is sometimes used as a case for, well, God, this guy should be starting. Imagine what he's doing. If, what he's doing alongside Victor right. for for more minutes also interesting. Um, he's he's playing almost the same amount of minutes with Victor Wembanyama as Jeremy Sohan uh, so far this year. Uh, uh, so, exactly, and that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Like with the rotations, is like Victor checks out after five minutes. So first five minutes are Jeremy Sohan. When he comes back in from the two minute mark of the first quarter to the nine whatever eight or eight minute mark of the second quarter, whatever it might be, like he spends that entire time with Trey Jones and then by it just kind of flip-flops and depending on how the rest of the game goes like they're gonna spend a pretty pretty similar amount of time on the court together yeah. and and you said sort of the same idea that there's a hunch uh, uh hints given that he's maybe Trey is not the the long-term starting point guard in, in this future vision and that future vision is uh, essentially you know there's a bar somewhere on the horizon that is a title team and so this team is is working towards that bar right. and they want a title uh you know a title contending starting five you know around victor and they they've who knows if it's too early or not but right now probably in their minds trade does not feel like that um that point guard of 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 that team of, of the future of that team so if that's not the case, if that's how your, your, your team feels, then it makes sense to work towards the next best thing, which is um, which is finding the pieces around Victor, which is maybe leaning into a, a different identity of, of, of tall ball. And, and by the way, if this if, if this team does not defend better than what it does, if that, or if that unit does, then I think that that's that that tells probably a lot more to me than what we see with with Sohan offensively. Right. If, if we're seeing this team continue to struggle on the defensive glass and, uh, you know, not really start creating deflections, turning off defense into offense, that sort of thing. And I think that's probably the bigger concern 
out of I think this experiment. Um, but that's 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 where I think the focus should really lie right now. And and it it, it might sound like <laughs> it might sound like we're we're trying to justify something carrying like carrying water. Sounds like we're carrying water right now. A couple of mouthpieces. Exactly. The reality <laughs> of this, of though, it, it's a struggle. Like it is, it's a struggle. Like the it, it's not going particularly well with that starting group. I don't, I don't think anyone can objectively look at it and think that. It's this is this is more about having perspective on, and you know, we're trying to inform on the the approach that the Spurs are taking. Uh, it's. <laughs> It is 100% going to be a battle. Uh, Trey Jones has looked great. Anyone who is is pining for him to play more with Wimbanyama, you are fully heard. It makes sense in a vacuum. This is just this is just sort of trying to paint uh, a, a bigger picture of what's going on. The it's there there's no real way around it like Trey Jones has looked great Trey Jones has looked great he, he is to me uh I over the over the off season I felt like he would probably get something in the range that he did the two years 20 million dollars uh even though like I if someone offered him more than that it wouldn't have been surprising but I knew he you know preferred to be back in San Antonio anyway He's doing his job really well. Jeremy Sohan is 100% still adjusting to his job and it is it hasn't been pretty at all. There there are going to be issues in the pick and roll because everyone's going under cuz they're not worried that he's going to shoot. He's not a natural at he's he's not like a a, a rim attacker. He's a bouncy dude, but he's not, he's not like a quick, you know, fast twitch, like bursty type of player where he's going to beat you off the dribble. He's got, you know, the little in between jump shot, but he doesn't seem fully confident in taking it. He's definitely not confident in his three point shot. There is a lot of room for this dude to grow. And there's a lot of areas that he needs to address from from a processing standpoint, just from an understanding, a fundamental understanding of how these offenses work. It's a very demanding job. And at this point, the Spurs are just saying, we have about a year to to educate him in this process. So let's just do it. Like that's kind of the mindset at this point, but I do think that there is a larger um like when you when you zoom out and you say, well, maybe maybe Trey Jones is going to be better in this role long term. So let's stick him there. Let's teach Jeremy how to run an offense so that when we really do find our point guard of the future, he's going to be able to do a lot of the stuff from the wings that right now they're kind of depending on Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell to do. You know, just just slowly sort of mold him in this way that eventually they'll be able to put him in a place that is more fitting. I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah, and I think that's where this may end up going for sure. Is is he ends up sh- shoring up a lot of on ball skills, 
for a role that's still to be determined. Uh, and you know, everyone needs those skills in this in today's NBA. I, I think even big men need to be better on ball and someone in, in Jer- with Jeremy's um, probable role in the future. If it's something like a more of a Draymondy, Aaron Gordon type of, of, of hybrid, he, you still need a guy who can read a defense, dribble, create pass. And if, if he becomes, you know, at his position, even stronger in that, then I think that's, that's um, another way that, that this pays off while, yeah, like you said, while they find that true piece at the one, uh, you know, for that, that, next that great Victor Wembanyama team in the horizon we've 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 seen how important the secondary playmakers are we've seen it like they're they're critical and if you can sort of hone those skills right now just just bite the bullet go through sort of the initial pain of it and in the meantime you might stumble across something like maybe uh, we've seen slow progress already through four games but like maybe I don't know. Maybe you stumble upon something and he and something clicks and he gets it. We'll see. I it's uh I love this stuff. <laughs> I love this stuff, man. You're you're not you're not a title contender. So th- take your most talented players who are also really smart. Like all of these guys have very high basketball I- IQ and test them. Like see what they can do. Pressure test the whole situation. See what you have. That it's what a Spurs staffer told me right after the draft, before they went to summer league, sitting in the um, in the uh, practice facility during one of their practices, saying like, "We're just gonna figure out what we have this year. We're gonna figure out what we have," and it, like almost like it was a a, a year long tryout, and then we're gonna go from there. That's that was kind of the the uh, the theme from the very beginning. So it, I don't expect them to like abandon that type of plan anytime soon in fact i expect that they're just going to sink into it but we'll see bruno let's take a real quick break and then we'll uh rapid fire through some other stuff uh particularly some Wembenyama observations and keldon johnson who was a he was a beast on tuesday but we'll be right back all right we're back you know bruno one of the things that I've sort of noticed so far this year, uh, we've talked about a lot of things that we've noticed, but this is another thing that I've noticed is that Keldon Johnson seems to have sort of, I, I don't, I don't know if it's like resorting to or been told to, or he, he just understands the situation, but he really does seem like the. I don't want to say third wheel either or anything like that, but he's taken more of an ancillary role than he did last year. I think we all expected that to be the case, but last night, nobody was making anything. They, they, everything looked stagnant again. And I'm not sure if it weren't for him, he finished with 27 points against the Suns, led the team. I'm not sure without him, the Spurs would have been anywhere close to being able to make up, uh, make their comeback because he was like the only guy. There was a thread hanging there, and he was the only guy sort of hanging on to it, hitting hitting three pointers in the first half. Like we don't even need to talk about the steal and the finish to end the game. He was the guy that that kept them basically involved, or at least within striking distance before the other dudes woke up. Like. 
Victor Wembanyama doing his clutch time stuff. And Devin Vassell, I think he had 10 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, but Keldon Johnson was the guy that kept them in the game last night. He's not going to be a takeover guy, right? Like, not consistently. He's going to have those moments, I think, in, in, in random games. But I think what we saw was was really, like, the, the ideal version of him, which was, like, like you said, he's sort of their IV like throughout throughout the game where it just seemed like the the the, yeah. the sun's lead could have gone to 12 but he hits a three-pointer keeps it to single digits or uh, a timely basket here and so th- those points just kept mounting up he's he's continued to be uh look better as a distributor as passing the ball i think he's averaging four four assists in this early season so um that's that's uh, an improvement that can't be uh overlooked I think he got a lot of the Kevin Durant assignment defensively in the second half, and and he did yeah, have he one did. pretty bad blow by. Uh, but that's you know it's it's Kevin Durant. <laughs> what are, what are, what are you going to do? I think he he won, or or held held his own in a lot of possessions, and like we said, he had that forced that one turnover uh, at at half court as well as the that the biggest steal and bucket of the game. Uh, so just seemed like he 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 brought that sort of quintessential Keldon energy. Uh, the, the three-pointer is falling for him to start the season, which is obviously the, the main storyline from last season. So, no, all, all the good and, and just like the type of stuff that you can see is really being um, uh, consistent and, and, and that he can bring on a nightly basis. So really encouraging. Didn't seem like, you know, may not score 27, but not, not an outlier performance in, in, in the ways in which he, he contributed. So I think re- really good. He seems... And I don't know if if you've noticed this too. He seems calmer, um, and uh, like he, he just seems more balanced. He doesn't seem like he's on. Keldon Johnson is like for the last ever since he's been a Spur, ever since he was drafted by the Spurs, uh, he's constantly been on sort of this <laughs> emotional game night roller coaster. He he thrives on that kind of energy like when when like think uh, over the last couple of years and I know there there haven't been a whole lot of these examples just given the Spurs situation but like think how many of the really good nights for the Spurs centered around Keldon just like popping off and having nights like this where he's hitting threes and he's dunking the ball and blah 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 he's getting people like into the game that that's sort of been his sweet spot. But at the same time, when things are going poorly, oof, man, like things can look really ugly with that guy. Now he can just be the person who is playing off of others. He, you know, Devin can run the pick and rolls. Wimby can do whatever he's doing these days um, as he figures everything out, but just do the Wimby things. It's going to be fun regardless. And yeah, Keldon just gets to sort of play sidekick, right? Like that's that feels like what he's destined to be—a high-level sidekick, he's, but a, a sidekick. If he was a Ninja Turtle, who would he be? Oh, uh, Michelangelo. I yes, I, I feel like anybody would say that, right? And and that's kind of who Michelangelo is with the Ninja Turtles, right? He's he's exactly he's not right. He, you know that that he comes in, he brings that 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 X factor, the 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 lols, the energy, the vibes, um, and I think that's 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 the the ideal role for him on this team as well. 
you're not going to you're not going to give it to you're not going to give it to Michelangelo, you know, and ask him to cook in in in, in the you know in the mid range. But if, if Michelangelo not. comes swinging on on uh you know um, on Shredder or uh, you, you want to give the dude steady, with the nunchucks, you want to give the dude with the nunchucks the the freedom to express himself, not exactly. the dude with the stick or the ultra serious dude with like the daggers. You, you want to or the sword because it's a sword that's just you're you're that's 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 alpha male energy i guess keldon's sort of got some of that but um that's like main character stuff if you have a sword but nunchucks nunchucks you have you have you have sort of a a license to explore the space a little bit figure out what you are have some fun uh certainly not advocating for any violence with nunchucks though but you know, if you're going to choose a weapon, I'm a bit, I'm a, I'm a bit, I'm a bit more, a bit more Second Amendment about nunchucks than uh, than others out there. I, I feel like so that a lot of this stuff might sound a little bit reductive because you 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 brought it up earlier, or just a, just a second ago. Like his passing looks good. There there are moments in the game where you see him not not only passing but handles as well. You see him getting into spots out of the pick and roll or getting by a, a a defender, keeping his handles tight and throwing passes that we really haven't seen from him in the past coming, going right out of a, out of a high pick and roll and finding a shooter, you know, lifting on the left wing. Like those are always things that, that uh, I guess critics of Keldon Johnson have always been able to look at and say like, he can't, he's not making these passes. He, if he needs to, uh, if he wants to take the next step, like he's got to be able to do some of this stuff. And we've already seen evidence that he's expanded his repertoire a little bit. And if, if he's able to sort of keep that, keep that level where he's not, you know how he gets like when there is a basket that needs to be had, like it's almost like that dude's, tunnel vision flips on and he is ready to attack like no matter what he's ready to attack he's ready to go to the basket but there seems to be and and sometimes it's a terrible decision to do so uh but there seems to be sort of an energy about him where he's like he's like i'm i'm good where i am if that makes sense like it like it's almost like he understands like it's okay if if you don't attack the basket. It's okay to move it on to somebody else. Like, like keep this thing moving and, and, and sort of get out of that, put the, take the blinders off basically, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'll say like, I think his game and who knows it's early. So maybe it still is this way, but it feels like his games moved on to where he's engaged. He can be engaged without it being the three point shot knocking down or him getting these nice open lanes to, to attack the basket. If, 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 if he is able to continue rounding out his game with, with a bit more creation, uh, staying involved and, and, and making decisions in the half court and, and, you know, elevating his game defensively, then I feel like that does something to you where you're, you're, you're locked in a little bit more and you're not just do or die with every bucket that, that go, that falls or doesn't. He, he can be, he can be a guy who can find his way in the flow of a game in, in, in a lot more different ways. And that, that I imagine that has some sort of effect on, um, you know, just your, your spirit through, 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 a, through a long game. That's, I mean, that's just like, personal growth right 
as you get older and like it's funny Keldon Johnson is in his fifth year in the league but he's still 24 years old whatever 24 23 I think 24 but like (laughs) he's a kid uh I I I feel like that element of the game is is growth where you're no matter what the situation is I mean obviously some people are going to be different some people are are not going to be as in tune to this type of stuff Keldon seems like he is he seems like he wants to um he wants to grow as a person as a teammate as a player all of this stuff he genuinely like seems to want that and I think there is sort of a, at a certain point, there's an emotional balance that comes into play when you're a freaking adult. <laughs> and I know that, that, that I don't mean that as like to, as an insult or anything. Like I, you know, I had a million people telling me that when I was 24 years old and I probably still have people telling me that to be quite frank. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I just think, he looks he looks like a different person. He looks he looks like a different player. Uh it's early like you said, but so far the returns are positive and I'm and I'm there's there's like this part of me that that watches his body language like last night he wins basically, I mean obviously not eventually wins the game. Uh, Kevin Durant misses the jumper at the buzzer, but he, for all intents and purposes, won the game with his layup. And he wasn't like doing the whole Keldon Johnson, like screaming at the crowd and running up and down and, and, and flexing and jumping around and all this stuff. He just, he stared at the crowd and then he, he kind of waited to get pumped until his teammates were, were getting into him and kind of mobbing him. Um, but there, there is a I don't think it's crazy to or inappropriate to say that there is a little bit of an emotional uh, maturity thing that you want to see from a guy like Keldon. And that's uh, it's important because that sort of clarity, that sort of just being level headed, it it matters in the NBA. It matters when the pressure's on. It matters when you're playing against the best in the world. It matters when your role might be like, quote unquote, if you know, if you want to put it like this, it matters if your role is reduced, right? Like you have to, you have to be able to adjust and you have to be able to find where your happy place is essentially. And it seems like at least he's off to a good start in in getting to that point but uh we'll finish this off real quick with with some Wembenyama observations do you have anything that stands out to you like it's like uh I don't I don't think we've talked enough about I don't think we've fulfilled the Wembenyama quota for this podcast I think we need to talk more about Wembenyama at least for a few minutes um but he's pretty sure that the sponsors demand it actually no, it, I, they will they will burst in my door and throw me out my window if I don't do this immediately. 
Um, well, in that case, uh, there's not too much uh, untreaded territory with Wembenyama in, in, in this in this media space these days or ever, I guess. Um, yeah. But new new for us, where we could you know usually uncover a few niche things, niche observations with the Spurs, but not not with him. Everything gets uh, clipped, tweeted, um, reacted to positively or negatively. But you know, I, I think it just, but it still merits repeating again. Like it's he's he the, he's pulling two or three moments a game of things that you've legitimately never seen before and and the, the you know he had um obviously that uh the dunk on uh our you know spurs spurs great drew eubanks yeah uh, where he legend. took off from uh further than most people typically do for the kind of finish that he did just crazy uh, yeah uh but with I his mean, left hand too with his left hand his offhand yeah yeah well he's i mean he's he's got a real knack for switching from right to left right we've seen that like in a handful of different ways whether it's like kind of a floater jumper type thing or or dunks well even last night and, and even like defensively like there was the play last night where Grayson Allen drove baseline looked up Victor is is like popping his left arm up uh to you know scare him off and Grayson Allen decides to like keep going along the baseline so maybe he can get to the other side of the rim and protect himself a little bit and get a reverse layup up and Victor switches from his left and just goes to his right and doesn't jump and just blocks the the ball basically on the ground from Grayson Allen. So yeah, he's he's shown some ambidexterity. Uh that that put that putback that he did um uh where I I forget I think it was a Devin Vassell miss on the right side. He kind of wrangles it in and yep. just goes right right into the post against I think Utah Watanabe. Uh Gets gets a little bit of room, but finds himself in a really awkward position where he's not going to turn over either shoulder. Instead, he just kind of turns his head backward and flicks yeah. it in. And I think literally a way in which a basket has never been scored before, like in the history of the game. Um, at least, you know, not, not that I've seen. It was just a, 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 a freak thing. And I kind of come back to when he when he was asked to describe his nutmeg of uh, Reggie Bullock. He, yes. he 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 went to the word efficient like he said I, I thought it was an efficient play he's kind of used that mm -hmm. word a few times and i always like when he just kind of improvises like that is is that kind of how he frames it because it's it's i think there's a real joy <laughs> and i imagine he's having fun out there and it's just funny that he maybe in his mind there's 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 a a, a combination of just like there, there's a joy in just find you know creating these moments that also happen to be um, efficient and catch defenses off guard and i think just it, it's like he's 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 a, he's, a, he's painting out there he's just he's just doing art and just create creating new things in, in the middle of the flow of the game i mean i think he is because it that when you you talk about that reggie bullock nutmeg um he he didn't just say it was efficient he said he visualized it he said like he's been visualizing that move because he thinks that it's a good move. It's it, the shortest distance between two points. Like he's a he's got ridiculously long arms. Um having to go around Reggie Bullock would have been a lot more complicated than just throwing the ball between his legs and coming around the other side and snagging it. Like so <laughs> I I I think there is an element to referring to him as a painter seems appropriate because you're he's trying to he's trying to stand out i don't even know if it's like intentionally he's just he is standing out doing things that physically 
basketball players, very few basketball players before him, if any, have been able to do. And he he's only 19. Like, he's only figuring out the limits, right? Like, he's going to keep trying things because you can't have possibly tried all of the things at 19 years old. No matter what you're doing in life, you can't have possibly tried all of them. So he's going to keep doing it. I don't know. I don't know what that means going forward. Um, that layup last night that you're talking about where he like, it's like he, he, it's like he tried to post up. There was like no one there to lean on. And he thought about going the opposite direction for a hook, but it was like his balance was thrown off because again, nobody's there except there are two people right there, but they're all a foot shorter than him. And so he just, he's like, screw it. I'm going to look straight up in the air behind my head and just lay the ball in. It it looked clumsy as hell, but at the same time it was just it was beautiful. It's like yeah, whatever. I'm I'm 74. I'm just going to turn around and like it's like something you would do if if you're whatever, if you're playing basketball on a Fisher Price hoop, right? Like yeah. against your against your son, like it's something you would do to Theo, I think. Yeah, and, and then and I would yeah. throw my back out in the process. But um, it's it's, and no one's going to say that it was a fluke. Everyone knows that he he right. that is you know it, it's not that he went into the post with that sort of finish in mind, but he's just sort of in, in a sandbox environment and just making things up on the fly. Uh, I think challenging, you know, everything that we, you know, the, the joystick in, in, in 2k has preset you to do and just, um, creating new possibilities. It's like a basketball is a form of self-expression. It's, 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 it's really cool stuff to see. Yeah. Well, one of these days I'm going to just go, I'm just going to pick apart all his bad plays because there are a lot of them. Oh yeah. There are a lot of them. Um, I think it was five turnovers last night. Um, he throws a, he throws a lot of passes. He just shouldn't, he shoots, he shoots a lot of balls. He shouldn't. And, um, I don't care. Right. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think like maybe the coaching staff probably does a little bit, but I just don't care. Do, do sort of whatever you want. And, Popovich has already said, like, he's just going to kind of let him play. Like, of course, he's going to provide structure. He's going to coach him. He's already been criticized for uh, plenty of stuff uh, from that coaching staff, you know, teammates talking to him. You can see teammates talking to him, by the way, regularly, like uh, really trying to sort of do their own coaching on the floor with him. Uh, But it doesn't matter. Because there's there's sort of this infatuation, or uh, just sort of you're you're just he makes two incredible plays a game, and you're just in awe of them, and it distracts you from the from the awful passes or the bad shot decisions or the fact that like all he really wants to do when he gets the ball is shoot. He had a beautiful assist last night to Jetty Osman, like in the fourth quarter of that game. He he 
catches the ball around the free throw line, sees Osman cutting. One of these days we'll talk about Jetty Osman because that guy it feels like he's been a spur for like a decade, the way he's playing. But regardless, um, it's it's just cool to watch. I don't care. It's it's we can tie this all back together, man. Experiment, Victor. Experiment, Jeremy Sohan. Uh, embrace the 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 backup and a very important backup point guard role. Trey Jones, go crazy. Like, keep playing like someone lit your shoes on fire. Um, th- just keep trying new things and and exploring and I don't know man it's just it's fun to watch basketball when there are no real stakes involved but it's just like pure talent right like it's just it's cool to see the youngest team in the NBA just try things because not everything has to be the way that we've that we've experienced it for for decades and decades, we already know the league is changing. We already know that. So why not embrace that? Why not embrace this sort of amoebic state? Is that, I think that's the right word for amoebic state. Keep cooking. Like just, just embrace it and go with it and try new things and, and branch out this direction. If it doesn't work, whatever, go back the other direction and try and, you know, try going east instead of west or west instead of east or north instead of south like whatever just try different stuff it's been cool to watch and you never know (laughs) you never know some nights it might just work like you might come back from 20 down against the phoenix suns and have a just freaky last couple of minutes and uh and advance to two and two on the season in and and by the way, taking the lead for the first time with two seconds left in the game. Just get weird, man. Get weird. Embrace it. Have fun with it. See what happens. You have a little bit of time. Only only about a year. Maybe maybe two, but for what I'm what I'm told, it's about a year. Um, yeah. Just enjoy enjoy, enjoy the process of it all. Yeah. See if you can win a game without ever having the lead. Just at all. Like the shoot the moon. Um but yeah, like you said, this is this is this is uh, pop, like uh, you know, tying a key up to a kite in a in a thunderstorm right now. It's, it's just it's all experimentation. And if you if you guys want to see, uh, you know, a, a ceiling raised, you guys want to see some fun new shit, then you know, there's you got you got to take you know some some of some of these lumps that go with it that go with the Sohan experiment that go with that with Wimby Wimby racking up the turnovers, um, and that go with you know you you accepting. Uh, a fully capable point guard uh, coming off the bench instead of, uh, um, you know, the starting unit. So, you know, get, get, get over yourselves a little bit fans and, uh, and, and just live a little, have some fun, take some losses. Bruno, Bruno, what do you have to pitch, man? I know that you just wrote something. So let the people know where um, what you've just written for pounding the rock. Yeah, in the spirit of that, a real finger-wagging uh, post on Point Sohan is up on Pounding the Rock, literally just trying to lay out a bunch of points uh, on uh, on Point Sohan that um, try and, you know, paint a fuller fuller picture of, 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 of what's going on. Because, like, as a lot of the, touching on a lot of the themes that we discussed, but 
you know, there's a longer play here. There's, there's, there's different logic. We think, you know, a lot of this is still just us, just, um, you know, intuition, but uh, the, the, the payoff is there. And, uh, it's just a matter of, um, you know, showing some patience may not work out, but it's fun. It's experimentation. It's, uh, you know, the, the, the old, uh, cliche of basketball is jazz. Sometimes you hit some, some, some bad notes, some Brown notes, uh, but, um, uh, should, should, you know, there's, there's, there's some real payoff in the end. Everyone go read Bruno. Um, he's always great with this stuff. He he hey. doesn't write enough for my, uh, for my liking, but that's fine. At least I, uh, you know, I can get him to come on here once every week or two. Um, but always a pleasure talking to you, man. So yeah. Small market bias has been brought to you by Bet Online. We will see y'all in the near future. Dive right in and-